Hello, space fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Supercluster Podcast. I'm here with a special guest, Sage Lazaro. You're a tech and culture journalist, and we used to work together at the New York Observer. Yes, we did. Thanks so much for having me on today, Robin. I'm so excited to be here. Sage has done two features for supercluster.com over the past year. The first one was about how younger people are getting their space information and space entertainment and what medium they're going through for that. And your second piece was about this new celebrity culture of standing for space and all the amazing people who are retweeting NASA and tweeting at NASA and sharing cool space articles and stuff like that. Sage, can we talk about your first piece and talk about why people are getting their space information from YouTube and and how did you come up with that thesis? Yeah, so the thing that really got me thinking about this was kids are just obsessed with YouTube. It's really taken center stage in their lives. Research shows this. And one study showed that actually over 50% of kids said they want to be YouTubers or vloggers when they grow up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, that is so many. And I was thinking back to when I was a kid and even on TV, you see kids are always saying how they want to be astronauts. Yeah, that and, used to be the case. Um, even in my, I think, first or second grade yearbook, they asked all the kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? And mm-hmm. you, you write your answer. And a bunch of them were astronauts. And I was like, mm-hmm. so if all kids want to be YouTubers, like what, what, and you know, there's so much space stuff happening on YouTube. On YouTube how right? does this all like come together? I, when I'm out in public at a restaurant or at a bar or even at a family function, I always see the parents distracting their kids with iPads and phones. And more than likely, they're watching YouTube. They're watching some favorite channel, some kids channel. Do you think they get their space stuff from YouTube because it's easily digestible? Yes, exactly. So even to back it up a little here for comparison's sake, like it wasn't that long ago that cracking open an encyclopedia was the main way to learn about space. Everyone had like a yeah. set of encyclopedias. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Other than really significant news that mm. would make the headline, which there wasn't a ton of, you know, right, in, right. in the last years up until now, um, information about space mostly stayed within academic circles and within the science community. Mm-hmm. You have to be really motivated to find it. And You'd have to find the academic papers, read them to know what was going on. If if you wanted really esoteric space news stuff too. And let's say even having the internet doesn't really help to find that stuff. Yeah. So not only was it harder to find, you had to be able to understand it. It Mm. wasn't digestible for the average person. You really need to be able to get in there, know some science, know some technical terms to make anything of it. And that wasn't accessible for everybody. And especially not for a lot of these kids who are using it on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Now go to today with internet and social media, news and information about space is basically endless. And even more importantly, it's packaged in ways that everyone can understand and get interested in. So I really dig into this in both articles we're going to talk about because it's an essential factor into why space is so popular right now, this access. There's so many examples of new ways people are accessing space news. Think about TED Talks. These are basically free front row seats to lectures by our greatest scientists that Mm -hmm. anyone can access from anywhere, whether you're in an airport, wasting time on your phone, Mm -hmm. you're in 
a bubble bath. It doesn't matter. Like you're, you're free in your front row to learn about science. Publications are covering it everywhere. Ones like Supercluster, especially that are reporting on space from all different angles mm -hmm. and really connecting it to the larger culture in ways that is interesting to people and they can understand. And then you have social media and especially Twitter. In addition to being a new place to access space info, it's changed how we talk about it. So think of this rapid news cycle right. that we go through right now in, in on Twitter where anything, any discovery can instantly be even made into a meme and spread across the globe. Like, like the uh, black hole photo. Yep, that's yes. I think the, the biggest example. <laughs> big this meme. happens every day, but yeah. in uh, back in April when that came out, it was everywhere. And people who would have never really followed space news before, suddenly this is dropped in their timelines with everything else that they're mm -hmm. digesting just because it, it, it's coming from every direction, from every person and when it's a meme it's fun but you still get that information even something as silly as donald trump and melania looking up during the eclipse at the sun yeah, without their glasses oh, one of my favorites <laughs> right so even something like that can pique an interest in space or science yeah. and when something becomes memeified does it help the subject or hurt it, in your opinion? Because I know you've written a lot about social media and yeah. memes especially. This is one of the areas that I really focus on. I love the intersection mm. of technology and internet culture and how we distribute information online and how that affects the way we receive it. I think it generally always helps it. You know, it helps with the awareness. It helps get the message out there. Mm -hmm. it, you know, of course, if it's something super detailed, you know, it, it's not really going to teach you the best about specific policy in government or something super granular like that, but it's going to let you know that it's out there mm -hmm. and it's going to frame it in a way that it interests you. So maybe you go find more detailed information about it somewhere else. And people else. tend to share memes and find them funny and remember them. And I think that's part of it too. If you know you have a space meme and it's shared, I mean, that helps, right? I wanted to throw back to a point that Chris Gebhard made on our last episode of Last Week in Space. It was a really crucial point and I think something that plays to what you're saying here. He said that on all these streaming services, especially the new ones, a lot of their flagship shows are about space or space-based. He mentioned Apple TV Plus has For All Mankind. Amazon now has The Expanse. CBS All Access only has the one show, Star Trek. So you have space and science and, and kind of permeating culture right now. What do you see on your end when you're looking at it at like a social media perspective or like on YouTube, like you mentioned, are these people finding success in having that audience? Yes, so much. So as we mentioned, space is huge on YouTube and there's a lot of dedicated space YouTubers. This mm -hmm. is their content that they really dive into and they're posting tours of the International Space Station, mm -hmm. explainers on any type of space topics like black holes and mm -hmm. such, actual footage from space. And what's awesome about this is the reach and the power of video for storytelling and for sharing information. It's working. It makes learning about space more accessible, well-rounded and fun than mm -hmm. ever before, you know, really bringing in more people. And we think of YouTube a lot as this site where you go to find funny videos and maybe listen to music, but it's really one of the world's largest search engines. You can find basically any information you're looking for about space on YouTube. And there is research that shows YouTube is a really useful tool for learning and actually can be more effective than traditional methods, like how you learn in school. I have to agree with you there, Sage. And I've always been a doubter of YouTube. And I had this ignorant 
basically outlook on YouTube that's like, okay, this is a lot of trash. And I think a lot of that comes from the 2016 election, Alex Jones, that whole world. I recently discovered that fandom on YouTube is actually kind of fun. There's a lot of Marvel people, a lot of Star Wars people, you know, unpacking the movies and talking about how much they love it. And I'm starting to see that with space now. I wanted to mention a friend of mine, Tim Dodd, who is the everyday astronaut. And I'm going to brag that I was his first YouTube subscriber. Wow. This was back in the day. Tim had messaged me. He's like, hey, I'm starting YouTube. Can you subscribe? I'm like, yeah, of course. And now Tim Dodd has an incredible following on YouTube and especially the people that you wrote about. And before we, we talk about a couple of those YouTubers you mentioned, I wanted to quote Jason Townsend here, who you interviewed for your article or one of your articles. And he says that working with other creators has been really beneficial to bring more people into the space community and grow the audience. And he talks about specifically YouTube being an, an essential tool. Now I have a fun backstory here. I'm going to talk about real quick. When I was at the observer, when I started at the observer where Sage and I worked together, I was writing TV reviews and someone pinged me about NASA Social, which is the social media program that Jason Townsend ran, and he still runs, I think. And the program allows people who are not traditional media, like publishers and, you know, just space reporters or, or reporters, this program allows people who are YouTubers, Twitter content creators, Facebook content creators, Instagrammers, to apply for media credentials to cover a launch. Now, I was a TV critic, quote unquote, at the time. I was freelancing. I applied for this program. Jason Townsend picked me. And then I went to my first one in December 2014. And say, do you know the rest? I just stayed and yep. <laughs> started doing space coverage. We couldn't get rid of him. So Jason isn't talking shit here. He's, this is legit. Like, yeah. he says that you're bringing in outside people. I'm an example of this. I'm a person who like December 2014, I have a cursory knowledge of space, but it wasn't until I got there till NASA recognized alternative media to come look at space mm -hmm. stuff. And, you know, that ended up being my career after that. And obviously we're sitting here now. Yeah. So to quote Jason is really smart to have his insight on yeah. here was important. I love that we have you here to show the story coming to life. Right. Cause that's yes. exactly what Jason and I were <laughs> talking about. You know, yeah. he does social media for NASA and he mm. was telling me the agency views YouTube as an invaluable tool right. for increasing, increasing public awareness. And he said they produce YouTube content specifically geared toward kids even to mm -hmm. spark that early interest. Cause they know it's where it happens. They, they're partners with different people working on content together with creators right. they don't view it as oh they're competitors all trying to make content about space they're like these people have the reach they have the audience they have creativity to bring to the table and you know science communication and space communication it's not new but it's always been done through the same mediums you have you know carl sagan had his show cosmos neil degrassi tyson also had Cosmos and you know Bill Nye is still out there in everyone's lives and doing you know I feel like every few months we get a Bill Nye viral video yeah. where he's angry about climate change or he's talking about some fun space mission he's doing. Fun fact on the side, Bill Nye was my commencement speaker at college graduation. No way! Yeah, that was a fun time for us because we had all grown up with him really right. getting us interested in science. He came out, everyone chanted, Bill, 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 yeah. just like on the show. And it was kind of 
we watched him in school as a kid and mm. now we're here graduating and he's here. He talked about climate change, the whole speech, didn't really talk about us graduating <laughs> at all, yeah. but it was still a cool moment to see really one of the, the leading science communicators like right. yeah. show up for that. So. And now, you know, carrying on that legacy of space communication and science communication, there's a lot of, lot of cool people out there doing it. And uh, I suggest going to supercluster.com and checking out Sage's article. And there's links in there to many of the YouTubers who are doing space stuff. But Sage, I wanted to talk about your second article for us, which is one of my favorite articles that we've done on supercluster.com. And before we get to who we interviewed for the article, Sage, what's going on with this new, is it cool to like space? Is it trendy? Are these celebrities really sincere? So just when I say celebrities, uh, who am I thinking of? I'm thinking of people like Ariana Grande, Chris Evans, and, and folks like that. Are they just nerds? Here's the thing. It's not even just that it's cool to like space now. All mm. of science and technology mm -hmm. really has gone from niche to pop culture cool. I think it was sparked by a combination of cultural shifts that mm -hmm. transformed our attitudes about tech and space right. and science. And this this is all recent. So I think it is completely authentic in the piece we talk about. So many celebrities that are being really vocal about mm -hmm. space and even bringing it into their work in some cases. Steph Curry, Chrissy Teigen, Chris Evans are all really vocal about really it. Really popular folks yeah, too. People um, who have large social media followings. One Direction shot an entire music, music video, video at mm -hmm. Johnson Space Center. They put on the mm -hmm. spacesuits and everything. The whole mm -hmm. video was space-themed. Space-themed photo shoots we're seeing in magazines. Mm. A bunch of celebrities have already bought their tickets to suborbital space. space. Thank you for clarifying that. Sage, no, it's important. Sage <laughs> does, and you can tell, she does have some experience space reporting. Mm -hmm. You did a couple at The Observer, right? Yeah. yeah. The way it kind of worked is you were out in the field yeah. really doing the launches, and I was doing the same thing that I'm doing with these articles, really right. connecting space to the yeah. culture and how people are talking about it. Right. It's funny that you... most. Non-space journos would would not would not clarify suborbital <laughs> space. So I really appreciate you, Sage. Of I wanted to talk about a young woman you interviewed for this celebrity piece. Her name is Emily Ferfaro. She's a NASA social media specialist. I have to disclose, she's also one of my closest friends, and I've gotten I've had the pleasure of working with her at Kennedy a few times and just at, at NASA in general. But Emily told a story in your inter interview with her where she said her niece went to an Ariana Grande concert and many, many of her fans were wearing NASA clothes. Yeah. Which is really cool. And if you follow Ariana Grande on Twitter, she has retweeted NASA a ton of times. She's posted photos wearing the NASA meatball logo. She tweets lovely messages at NASA all the time. And for someone with that big a following to do that, it's really helpful. Right. Yeah. And do do you see that having an impact on her fans? Totally. So when we're talking about celebrities and space here, we really have to start with Ariana Grande. Right. Her her presence here is is so big. She has around sixty seven million followers on Twitter alone. Insane. So when she's retweeting NASA, or she'll even just send NASA the heart eye emoji. Yeah, she just tweets at them. She 
has conversed with Buzz Aldrin on mm-hmm. Twitter, and I've I've looked back deep in her timeline. She's been tweeting at NASA since 2011. That was way before she was mm-hmm. as big as she is now. So of course it, it's very real, and this is all playing out in front of all those followers. She earlier this year released a song called NASA, and yes, the stage set up we on were really her, excited about that <laughs> on her tour was mm-hmm. also a spaceship. You know, for the show that Emily's it was actually her cousin, her not, cousin not her right. niece that was right. at, and I know other people have gone to their shows mm-hmm. to her show and said everyone is wearing NASA shirts. So that is definitely coming from her influence. And even aside from that, before she kind of blew that up, NASA shirts were coming out in popular retailers everywhere. Um, all the fast fashion ones you can think of like JC Penney's and H and M and forever 21 one. and target. Mm-hmm. They all at the same time started selling NASA shirts mm-hmm. and it's all part of this shift to really embracing space and science. And in the piece, we talk about how that plays out with all these celebrities and then kind of some other factors that are behind this shift and really moving people to embrace science and technology and not view it as nerdy anymore. Right. It's not seen as the nerd geeky yes. thing anymore. It's seen, Not as, at all. it's seen as cool and hip and sophisticated. Yeah. Part of it is that access to information. We mm-hmm. were talking about it before, before, you know, when it was kind of a sci-fi geek thing. Well, if you have to so pop open ago. an encyclopedia, yeah. that's not cool. And now, you know, we all have smartphones and we carry them around with us mm. every day. They're basically attached to our hands. Like yeah. people are curious about how this stuff works, you know, just talking about technology in general. I want to read a quote here from Emily. It said, just in the four years since I started working at NASA, I've definitely seen an increase in people talking about space in a pop culture fashion as opposed to a more scientific way. Now, is this a good thing or a bad thing? Oh, I think it's a a good thing. As Mm -hmm. we were saying before, I think awareness is really how you get people interested, you know, even if it is just somebody talking about Ariana Grande Mm -hmm. commented on this, it really gets people to even dig deeper. And this is something I heard from everybody. The YouTubers we were talking about were saying it's one, this little nugget of information that launched my whole career doing something around space because mm-hmm. I, I learned about this and it was so exciting. I went down a rabbit hole. Right. And another uh, little story from Emily was she, so her job is basically to monitor conversation around space and right. uh, do all the social media for NASA. And there was one instance where she, maybe it was around that One Direction video that they did, or she shared that from the NASA handle, or they were commenting, tweeting, engaging with One Direction. And there were some fans who were, you know, maybe a bit older and not as into social media saying, why, why is NASA talking to a boy band on Twitter? Like they, right. they didn't yeah. get it. We they were dismissive of, of it. Yeah. But then you, you scroll down and even more comments overwhelmingly were from young fans of One Direction fans who said, that is so cool. They went to NASA. Like mm-hmm. I want to go to NASA. I'm interested in space. Right. And that might not have happened if it wasn't this band that they're really into who mm-hmm. were getting involved in it. And I think this just goes to Supercluster's mission and just trying to find ways to connect people to space that are more in tune with their lives. If they love a band, use the band. If they love a piece of art or an artist or something like that, you find a way to bridge the two worlds because space in itself, you can anyone could be a part of it. And it's an incredible thing. And this brings us to another interviewee Sage had for this article, who is Aaron Paul, star of Breaking Bad and many other things. And he just did El Camino, which was incredible. Sage, you interviewed him right before that. Sage, I think he was actually on set. On set film, of El Camino? Yeah, at the time. Sage interviewed Aaron over the phone, and she let a, a couple of us listen to the call. It was a really incredible interview. 
And I just want to, I want to kick this off by telling you about an experience that Paul shared with Sage about watching the first SpaceX landing, which I'm going to share my story too after this. But I remember watching the live stream and when it landed upright, I jumped, I jumped off my couch, Paul said. And I just felt like I was witnessing our version of the moon landing. I was just screaming. I was so excited. Now, Aaron Paul, he is known as a space fan and a nerd, but I didn't know how deep of an impact SpaceX especially has had on his life. Now, tell us about talking to him about space because that's amazing. This was really a great interview. I was so excited when we got to talk, not only because I'm a big Breaking Bad fan. I'm also a fan of the other show he did recently, The Path. Oh, I love that show. Yeah, yeah, it was so good. So so exciting to talk to him. But then, you know, we start talking. He, I'm not even kidding you, is more excited than I am to talk about this. He's a geek. I love it. He is so obsessed with space. He said he could talk about this for hours Mm -hmm. and, you know, doing an interview that is the best way you ever want to start, especially, you know, doing celebrity interviews. Sometimes they're very rushed on time Mm -hmm. or maybe they're a little jaded having done a a lot of interviews in the past, but he was just over the moon about it. He was telling me how one of the reasons he and his wife fell in love was their shared obsession of looking up at the stars and just everything space. And I was like, I I love to hear this excitement from him. And that that quote you read, I actually wanted to to even read that to make sure Mm -hmm. we brought that up and emphasize how much excitement was in his voice when he said it the way he Mm -hmm. said it out loud it almost sounded as if he was actually jumping in the air when he said it reading that for me that's the moment i became like convinced that i love space exploration Mm -hmm. i was out there on the beach when that first landing came down and i can't help but think that i felt you know felt the same way you know aaron felt right here is you you do think that, you know, you have a brighter future or especially you're young, like Aaron and, and I'm going to have kids someday. I want my kids to be excited about space. And it's part of the reason why I think a lot of people encourage their kids to watch YouTube videos about Mm -hmm. space. And and when Ariana Grande tweets to her 12 year old fans, that actually has meaning. It, It does have an impact on people's lives. Yeah. And you mentioned Elon Musk and how much of a big fan Aaron and Paul is of Mm. Elon Musk, even more than just space, Elon Musk specifically. We talked a bit about that and he believes that Elon Musk is really pushing space into the mainstream Mm -hmm. as did I, that I think is one of the factors here when we're talking about space really exploding in popular culture. We really think he's doing some of the heavy lifting. You know, Mm -hmm. this is the guy who was smoking weed live on Joe Rogan's (laughs) podcast. He sold flamethrowers just for fun. Mm -hmm. He shot his own Tesla in a space on his own rocket. He's on Twitter constantly roasting people. Like this guy knows how to engage with the popular culture. And, you know, even besides that, just Elon Musk and, you know, some of these other tech figures, um, Jeff Bezos too, who's also involved with space exploration Mm -hmm. with Blue Origin. Richard Branson. Yeah, these Mm -hmm. techies are today's rock stars. Like Mm -hmm. we used to kind of look at rock stars and people like that, a lot of actors as those larger than life figures. But today it's these guys and they didn't get there by being just super good looking or super this or that. They got there by being really, really famously smart. And And these guys now have all the money and the power in the world. And we got there with their brains, you know? Mm -hmm. So this really shows people how much technology is interesting and how much 
hey, like space is cool. This isn't like for nerds, you know, this, this is, this is business. Here's a mixture, you know, and I think this goes to what you're saying is space isn't just about the science anymore. It's about startup culture. It's about entrepreneurialism. There's a lots of things driving people to pay attention to space exploration. And honestly, you have to give credit to Jeff Bezos and Richard Branson and Elon Musk, they're cult personalities in a way, mm -hmm. but they also draw the attention. They draw the media coverage. They draw stories from the New York Times and the Washington Post. If, I, you know, going back to our coverage, if SpaceX didn't exist, then I don't know if I, how would I have I done space coverage? You know what I mean? And if there's not a big name like Elon Musk attached or Jeff Bezos attached, it's hard to sell that story. It's hard to get a newspaper to write about them. So to have these personalities um, in the game helps with the coverage and helps with the public knowing what's going on. Totally. And another thing these guys are all doing is they're making space travel seem like a reality for the first time to the uh, average person. The average, right. You know, before, you know, we're talking about kids before, always dreaming of going into mm -hmm. space, being astronauts. That's what it felt like, a dream. That didn't mm -hmm. feel like something you would ever actually achieve unless right. you actually became an astronaut, which mm -hmm. we all know how incredibly difficult that is to do. Right. And even if you do... Going into space still is not necessarily going to happen, but with, you know, Richard you have a better Br chance today or five years from now or 10 years from now mm -hmm. when these young, young people who are watching these YouTube videos and, and following these celebrities and following space 10 years when they're of age, 10, 15 years from now, that will be sort of a possibility. And obviously to a certain extent, but we can safely say that it'll be more of a possibility than it is today and than it was 10 years ago. Yeah. A lot more people will have the opportunity to apply to go to space or train for it or, you know, the, the astronaut pool, a, a good way to put it is that the astronaut pool will get much bigger, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure totally when all these things are going to happen. We have right. some big promises coming from these guys. Right. You know, Richard Branson's already selling tickets. I think yeah. they're $250,000. Does Ariana Grande have one? I heard um, she did. I'm not sure if Ariana Grande mm. does, but I know a lot of other big celebrities do. Katy Perry, what? Angelina Jolie, Ashton Kutcher, Justin Bieber have all reportedly, reportedly bought their tickets to space already from Bieber. Richard Branson. I did hear Bieber bought a ticket yeah. on there. When I was chatting with Aaron Paul, I asked him, you know, are you down to go into space yeah. you know this looks like it, it could happen soon mm -hmm. we've got elon musk is trying to send humans to the moon by right. 2023 mars by 2024 would right. you do it and he said you know as long as you can promise like i make it back like i don't want to be like the first one like let, yeah. let some people test it out first yeah i did hear the story that aaron paul did visit elon at spacex which is really cool they actually get a lot of celebrity visitors they're gonna be met but i heard that ellen was there last week oh. which i don't know what what they taped there or something, but Scoop from Sage and I, yeah. we heard that Ellen visited SpaceX last week. So we'll hear, we'll see what comes of that. It's really exciting though to see this, this side of the new era of space because we know that there's all this new cool stuff happening. We've been reporting on it. There's obviously a, a second renaissance, but it's interesting to see how the public is reacting. And I guess from what we can gather from this discussion is that younger people are interested in space, right? They're mm -hmm. watching YouTube. I don't care how they're getting the information. The fact that they're getting it is amazing. The other side of that is pop culture and the zeitgeist 
seems to care about space. And when you have the most famous celebrities tweeting and sharing articles, you mentioned Ariana Grande. My space celebrity obsession is Chris Evans. Mm. He always tweets NASA articles, cool space and science articles. He's always standing for space, which is amazing. So it, it feels like a new day. It feels like space is permeating culture. And I think Sage and I are working on something right now that's going to look at how society's accepting UFOs and aliens. And that'll probably be something we talk about on another podcast. But I think the, the thesis here was, what is it? Space is in? Space yeah, is cool? I think it's that space is in, but in a meaningful way. I okay. don't think it's in like a trend way. Right. Because now that it's in the culture, it's all just mm-hmm. informing even more of this. Like right. we said, you know, Ariana Grande has that influence, gets it out mm-hmm. into her fans. They show up to the shows and the shirts. Then more people start wearing them. Because we've had all these shifting attitudes about tech and science being cool just Mm -hmm. from the fact that it's more in our lives and that Mm -hmm. there's a lot of emphasis on STEM education and now there's more access to information about technology. It's showing up more in pop culture. Mm -hmm. So think of all the movies that have come out. Should we mention The Big Bang Theory? I'm not a fan of the show. I was just about to. I'm not a huge fan of the show. My parents love it. So when you look at shows, two of the most popular shows of the last like decade mm-hmm. on TV were The Big Bang Theory, which is all a bunch of nerds. Yeah. They're there's talking even about like, space. There's there's scenes on like the space station and yeah. stuff. Elon Musk did a cameo. Then the other one, I think, is Modern Family. Right. Love um, that show. You know, it's not like the driving force mm-hmm. of the show. It really is like your classic sitcom about a mm-hmm. family. But one of the main characters, Alex, the younger daughter, mm-hmm. she is like your classic nerd. Totally. Yeah, and I right. think she goes to Caltech, one of the tech schools mm-hmm. in it. She's always talking about science. And when those two shows are on primetime TV every night for very long running shows, almost mm-hmm. a decade, you know, entire families, parents and their kids were watching that every single day one more thing i want to touch on and i think maybe we can talk about this on a future podcast you mentioned fast fashion earlier and this is a discussion i've been having with a few friends there seems to be nasa gear everywhere now you and i live in new york city i maybe see someone wearing the meatball logo five or six times a week you know, on the train in the city, it, whether it's on a hat, a hoodie, a jacket. A lot of people have Apollo jackets here in New York. Yeah. I guess they're selling them at like Forever 21 or Urban Outfitters. Does this fashion help? Does having NASA's meatball logo on everybody's shirt help? And why do people why do people feel the need to buy that? It definitely does. It really is everywhere. I'd say I see a shirt at least once a day yeah, or something like that crazy. at least. And I, I think one of the reasons people are doing it, even more specifically with the NASA shirts, is mm. well, all this stuff is getting popular right now. There's something about NASA right now that feels good. You know, Mm -hmm. you feel like... It's like the good part of America. Yeah. You know, (laughs) we're kind of in a culture right now of some science denial and and certain climate change and vaccines and stuff like that. But NASA gets people excited when we're struggling with like a lot of other things in our culture right now. NASA just feels like something like everyone can kind of get behind, you know? And so when you wear a NASA shirt and, you know, we're talking about science and technology and space is cool now, Mm -hmm. it shows to the world, you know, if you're using your fashion as an expression of yourself, Mm -hmm. I like nerdy things like science is cool. Like I'm for this. Let's do more science. I like that. I've been wanting to just talk to everyone that I see wearing a NASA shirt, but it's New York City. 
And I won't do that. Yeah. <laughs> but Sage, thank you so much for coming into the studio today. We look forward to having you back and look forward to working with you again on, an, on our next feature. And I'm sure we'll, we'll get started on that soon. But thank you so much, Sage. And we'll have you back on again soon.